It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Hey everybody, welcome to the show, Ears Up Podcast, coming at you live. And uh, we have a good show. We have a great show for you. Yeah. It's a show a long time in the making. Uh, we're going to be talking to uh, Kirsten from the Walt Disney Family Museum. The executive director, I believe, is her full title. Yeah. Yes. Man, I was, I was uh, reading her bio. She was way overqualified <laughs> to be talking to us. She's like a violinist and a lawyer and been on the boards of all sorts of stuff. And it's just like, well, hey, we're just this, <laughs> this doofy podcast. Right. Uh, you know, what are we going to talk about? But uh, talk about, let's talk about your chicken sandwich because it was really good. And uh, that's all I'm interested it in. It was delicious. It was pretty good, <laughs> yeah. right? It was like a French onion chicken sando. Yeah. It was good. It was tight. Yeah. yeah it was pretty good. Um, but yeah, anyway, thank you all for joining us today. We do have a lot of stuff to kind of catch up. We're going to obviously talk to Kirsten. We're going to talk about Disney news. You all right, Biff? I'm fine. Oh, okay. I thought you were like exasperated because you screwed something up and I was going to yell at you. Well, my my computer started talking, but I hit oh. mute really fast. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So <laughs> I think you missed it. I think the exp- expiration, exasperation. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. I think it was just my computer you just heard. The expiration? That too. <laughs> I expired. Uh, I do want to tell you guys, speaking of expiring, um, guess who's going to Star Wars land, boys? Oh, dear heavens. Re- who? Me. Oh. I got reservations this morning, Friday, May 31st, opening day, Star Wars land. Your boy in there. Have fun. Two to six, baby. Let's go. Two Honestly, to six. like I'm... I'm so excited to hear <laughs> but <laughs> let, not to let, go. let me put emphasis on to hear yeah, yeah, yeah. What, like I, w- I want to know what you i want to know all your takeaways from it like yeah. i'm really excited oh you'll get them for sure well because uh may 31st is actually jack's birthday and he's been begging for us to go to disneyland for his birthday it's like mm, yeah no not happening that's just no yeah, so, uh, look, and I understand 150,000% <laughs> that it's going to be a nightmare. So I think we'll go down on Thursday. Uh, you know, we have passes, so it's not that big of a deal. And my just intent is just to go to the park for that four-hour window, and then that's it. Yeah. I'm not trying to hang out in the park, so I don't really care how busy it is. It could be it could be packed. You should do a circle don't really like, care. through, though, just to see like crowd control and see how things are going. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably do that. Uh, my just for information. So. Yeah, yeah. My hope is to do some kind of maybe a little do a little video on myself and just kind of uh, you know cut it together that night in the hotel room real fast and just kind of post it. But uh, I'm excited about it. I yeah. feel like we had to go for the show, and uh, I know on the last show I told you that we're probably not going to be able to go because it's just so expensive. Right. Um, but. We're not staying at the Disneyland Hotel or anything like that, so right. it'll be fine. Oh, you're not? No. No, so today oh, so they opened it up to oh. just kind of whoever. Yeah. So I'm like sitting there on the the webpage, and it's like, do not <laughs> that, refresh That was going to be my next question. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And then 10 o'clock happened, and nothing happened. And 10.05 happened, and then nothing happened. And then 10.10, 10, mm-hmm. and then nothing happened. I'm like, what is going on? It's 10.15, yeah. and nothing. And I'm like, I- I'm this is just weird, but I'm going to just trust the system. So... That's hard for you. It's really hard it for me. Yeah. And so I put um 
I have to put Alice down about 10 o'clock, depending on when she wakes up. But So she's already like 15 minutes past her bedtime. I'm right. like, okay, what am I going to do? So I carry her in one hand, and I have the laptop in the other. <laughs> and I put the laptop on her dresser, and I'm like holding her in her sleep position, which is face down for some reason. She's a weird baby. Uh, and I'm like singing to her, and then suddenly the page refreshes. I'm like, oh! And I'm like typing with one hand nice. and holding her with the other. And, and, I, and, I, and I get in there, and I was like, all right. You're officially Here we go. a dad. Oh, snap. Getting yep. your stuff done while trying to put your kid to bed. You're officially That's a dad. That's right, Congrats, baby. Congrats, bro. Uh, I was talking to Brittany, though, before, um, and she's mad at me because uh, I didn't add her. <laughs> she's like, add, add me and, 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 and Maddie and, and uh, I guess Maddie's boyfriend or whatever, and I thought she was just joking. Right. And then she got like like highly offended that oh, I didn't geez. do it. I'm like, I was just kidding. I thought you were kidding. Really? Yeah, I don't know, man. What are you going to do? But anyway, I'm going to be there. Taryn will be there. You know who won't be there? Brittany. <laughs> oh, Brittany you and her suck, man. dude. Yeah, but it's all right. <clears throat> I'm excited. I'm excited, everybody. So, if, hey, if you guys are going Friday, two to six, that's our time frame. Let's hang out. Let's take a ride or two. So you know Let's what? Build I'm a lightsaber. Very Not curious about what is uh, the line, the security line. Since you're not staying at a Disneyland hotel. That was why I was going to ask you where you were staying. You're not recording What's the show. Wrong? I'm not recording. Son I didn't push. Of a monkey. Record. I th- I, and I did, but I didn't, I didn't check it. Fired. Okay. God Do bless. you want to start again or can you pull the audio? Well, I think I can pull the audio. So okay. you know what? I'm just going to try pulling the audio. I don't want to just, I don't want to start over again. You know what I mean? Okay, I agree. We had some good, good stuff. We had some good riffs. Why aren't you recording? Is it still not recording? There we go. All right. And I'm recording now, everybody. See, so I can pull the audio, and I am also have a double backup on that machine, and it's recording, and I got the stream, so I, I'm, I'm fine. We'll be all right. We're fine. It'll okay. be all right. So, look, if you're listening, and there's a, a very marked drop in quality or increase <laughs> in quality from now on versus what it was, uh, you know, now you know why. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, this episode is sponsored, of course, by Getaway Today, Disney's top wholesale partner. They'll help you plan your Disneyland vacation with the best tips and secrets, all while making it affordable with their discounted tickets, reduced hotel rates, and layaway plan. Head over to getawaytoday.com slash ears up and start planning your magical vacation. Tell them ears up sent you and use code ears up to save an extra 10 bucks on your SoCal vacation package. Like I said, today on Ears Up, we welcome Kristen Komorowski, who is the executive director of the Walt Disney Family Museum in San Francisco. And uh, like I said, I'm very excited to speak with her because that museum is awesome. It's an amazing tribute to Walt and his family life. And it seems honestly like a, a almost an impossible thing to run. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, really does. It re- yeah, it is, man. Uh, Terrence and I went there with uh, Nick, our friend Nick Ulan. And uh, Brittany, of course, crashed our party, our bro party. I'm just kidding. I'm jo- I'm joking. I wanted I wanted Terrence to look exasperated at me, <laughs> and I did. And you when you pulled it off, Nailed it. Um, because we shot a little video of it. Nick is a, a very accomplished, uh, you know, filmmaker. I suppose you can call it, and uh, he makes a lot of YouTube videos. And so he's going to put one together for us about our trip to the Walt Disney Family Museum. So look for that here in the coming weeks. I know he's super busy. I just talked to him today, actually, before the show, and he's like, "I'm working sixty-hour weeks. Oh. I have not had a chance to even start this thing." And he's recording his own music and he's doing stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah it'll be coming out. I imagine it's very rough to be super talented. <laughs> I wouldn't know. And, uh, yeah, yeah, same. I'm really good at starting projects and going, uh, who can I get to do this? Who can I get to finish this? 
That's, I mean, he just needs to learn to delegate. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Delegate your own music to somebody else. Exactly. Uh, we have a new sponsor <clears throat> on the show. Welcome, everybody. The Magic Candle Company. Go to magiccandlecompany.com slash discount slash ears up, and you will get 15% off of your order. Nice, nice. That's a big discount anywhere oh yeah right but uh i'm checking out their their website now i am too they have a lot of good stuff man and at first i thought well you know like the name says candles right i thought it was just like candle scented candles about uh you know like theme park based candles or whatever um vacation inspired uh sense is their kind right. of like theme right I'm literally about to make an order. <laughs> Dude, they have they have bath bombs. Mm -hmm. They have essential oils. They have diffusers. They have obviously candles and uh, the candles they have have the wooden wicks, which I love. Like yes, we go to uh, Home Goods cuz I'm that kind of guy and we try to like during Halloween during the fall they have um spiced pumpkin or Mexican pumpkin uh candles with the wood wicks. Those are the best cuz oh, they kind of so crackle. crackle. Yeah. Uh, they have they have this, so it's not just it's not just candles. Check it out, uh, and they're you know they have a churro uh, scent. They have one called Haunted, so they're very much uh, they're very much themed around your favorite locations right. in different vacation spots. Flying yes. over orange groves Gee, is right? literally about to be purchased tonight. Oh damn! Make sure you go to magiccandlecompany.com/slash/discount/slash/earsup, right <laughs> or if you don't want to remember that. Just use code EARSUP at checkout. I believe it's all caps. I don't know if it matters or not. I'll check it out and <clears> let you know. They also have, uh, I almost said prescription, uh, subscription boxes. Oh, nice. What? Yeah. You know that's my jam. Are you like a subscription girl? I have like five subscription boxes that I receive. Oh, man. Most of them are makeup centric. Car air fresheners. Car air fresheners, bro. Are you serious? Happening. Churro car air fresheners. Bro, I would uh, never leave my car. <clears throat> wax melts. <laughs> Uh, fragrances, uh, oh, warmers, all this kind of notes? stuff, man. Yeah, I have two warmers that sit desolate because I never buy wax refills. Well, check them out. Anyway, they're a new sponsor, so check them out. Be sure to use either the URL uh, I described or our code because it's the only way they're going to know that we sent you. So we get credit for the purchase, and they keep on, and they keep giving you 15%. Uh, yeah. They have a little Tiki Man wax melt. Oh, really? Melter. No, oh, that's uh, tight, dude. Wax melter. What are they called? I don't know. I don't know, but you should buy it. Okay. There's one. I'm sorry. I know we're going on. I'm like stupidly about excited about this. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's these are all for, you know, very popular vacation spots. Right, they right, have right. one called Walt's Office. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know who it's about. I don't know who it's about either. I love it. Well, anyway, yeah, check them out. Uh, uh, MagicCandleCompany.com slash discount slash ears up. Bringing the vacation to you. So I like that. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. Any feedback on the show goes to Taryn at EarsUpHavingPodcast.com. Any show suggestions, that's Terrence. You can say hi, hi to Bev. And anything else comes to me, Jason, EarsUp-Podcast.com. I know we have feedback, actually. Uh, let's see if I have time to read it. Um, feedback. I know we got one. I sent it to Taryn, but Taryn is Taryn's here. She's just dealing with Alice, man. She's uh, you know teething again, and it's just this whole thing. So uh, Taryn will be joining us shortly, I'm sure. Um, where is it? Is it here? No, it's not. I sent it to Taryn. Well, anyway, we'll do feedback later. Okay, we'll do feedback at a later date. Let Taryn come in and uh, do her job 
because I definitely can't do it. If you want to support the show, definitely hit our sponsors up. That's that's first and foremost. Uh, go over to Etsy.com slash Coveers. Buy some of our great shirts and merch. Go to Patreon.com slash EarsUp. Sign up to become a Patreon supporter. It's a lot of cool stuff happening over there. We really need your support on Patreon. Uh, you guys are the ones who are really keeping the lights on here, so I, I, I really, really appreciate it. And more importantly, spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Get on Reddit. Whatever the kids right. are doing, get on, uh, you know, whatever it is. I don't know. Bev's clutching at her pearls. She's shocked. What's going on? I just found a butterbeer scented. Oh, yeah. yeah right, right, right. Uh, any kind of internet shopping, if you do it, use our Amazon link on our homepage. Before we get to Kirsten, the 21st Amendment has been serving craft beer in the San Francisco Bay Area for 19 years. From their initial brew pub on 2nd Street, just two blocks from Giant Stadium in San Francisco, to the production brewery and taproom across the bay in San Leandro, the 21st Amendment is now available in 29 states, including in and around the parks. Next time you're in San Francisco, visit their brew pub and shoot over to neighboring San Leandro to check out their new production brewery and taproom for great beers and good food. And be sure to ask for the 21st Amendment wherever you find good craft beer. I had some of their new Spark Ale, Very good. which is like a cider beer kind of rosé hybrid thing. Mm -hmm. Super drinkable. Yeah, it is. It's, so it's like good. five and a half or 5.2%. Yeah. So yeah. it's the that's the summer beer. Yeah, it is. It's my new lawnmower beer. Except for the fact that I don't mow my own lawn. <laughs> I like to uh, drink this beer while I watch hired people <laughs> mow my lawn for me. I think it'll be a good thing. All right, we're going to get Kirsten here on the phone real quick. Hey, Kirsten, are you there? Kirsten. I am. Hey, this is Jason at Ears Up. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for joining us tonight. I really appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Uh, we love the museum. We love everything about it. And this show has taken a couple months to get together because of everybody's schedules. But uh, I'm glad it's happening finally. Uh, we have a lot of questions. So I hope you're ready to talk about the Walt Disney Family Museum with us. It'll be, it'll be a very good time. I absolutely am. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, can you do me a favor? Just uh, explain to me what your role is at the museum. What does an executive director uh, actually do? Uh, so the executive director is the leader of a nonprofit organization, typically which is the equivalent of a CEO in a for-profit corporation. And so just um, responsible for oversight of the, the medium operations, um, you know, financial, picture the programming, um, educational efforts. And I'm also a member of the board of directors, which when I got there was all family. And now it's still mostly family, uh, but we have um, one new member who is not a family member, but it's, it's really uh, special to be able to work with the Walt Disney family and get guidance and leadership from them. Wow, that's cool. What about the the history of the museum? How did that how did that come to be, come to fruition, if you will? Yeah, so Diane Disney Miller, Walt's elder daughter, she founded the museum along with the support of her family, and she was intimately involved with the Walt Disney concert call down in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. She was responsible for the design, construction, and um, funding, along with her mother, of that. And when she got done with that, she um, devoted herself to creating an institution to honor her father's legacy and to inspire people by his story, because he's got such an inspirational story, and he went through so many 
difficult times, challenges, and, um, you know, I think most people are only aware of his successes, but she wanted to share the message of his complete life story, uh, which was full of ups and downs, so that people could reconcile themselves, find that creative part of themselves, and persevere through difficult times to change the world. Yeah, and that definitely, that message does come across in the galleries, walking yeah. through that. It is very much, um, you know, Walt, in a, in a technical sense or in a, in a very defined sense, but it's also, the museum does a really good job in, in capturing Walt's, I don't want to say spirit, because that might be kind of too too much of a trope, but it, it's it, it does a good job in, in sort of, bringing you into his mind mm -hmm. uh, and, and get you to think about what he's thinking at the moment of this time that he's going through, right? Like during the war or like planning Mickey or planning the, the you know, different movies or whatever. You guys do a phenomenal job in, in putting us kind of in his shoes to figure out behind, you know, we, we can go through all day and read books on Walt and, and what happened, mm -hmm. but the motivation isn't there. And I think in the, in the museum, you, you, you definitely get a feel for that. And it's truly immersive is the other thing as well. I mean, that's what I liked the most about it. I, uh, going into it, I was thinking that it was just going to strictly be a museum, but then you get to parts where you're, you're watching videos or where you're actually creating the, um, the music that they would use for uh, yeah. like the sound effects on it. So it was extremely immersive as well. I think that was something that was captivating, but it actually drew you in a little bit more as well. Yeah, and, and Diane was startled with what, whether to call it a museum or not, because you're right, it's not a typical museum experience. It's very active and immersive, like you were saying, and there are over 200 monitors in the museum, and Diane had the idea to use Walt's own voice to take you through his own story. He had commissioned Pete Martin to interview him and give her 20 hours of audio tape of Walt talking about his life, and his, you know, his family, his work, and so uh, she had that edited so that he takes you through his own journey throughout the museum, which is just a fascinating experience. But it's also Diane's story of her father. Mm -hmm. So you have this sort of biography, autobiography, parallel path through the museum that is it's a very rich experience. And it's a you know, single project museum, but it's of an actual family member who, who designed, developed, um, you know, involved in the construction. And so unlike some other single subject museums where it's you know, based on history, this is an actual daughter, who, yeah. a devoted daughter who wanted to, um, to honor her father's legacy and tell his story. So it, it really is uh, an, an amazing uh, approach, this kind of establishment of an institution it, it really is and you know maybe you, you can answer maybe you can't but how how do you determine the storyline of of walt and blend the man versus the conflict right because you do showcase some conflict with him and and inner family stuff like with roy and whatever there is that vibe there and you guys get that across without being too much of uh, you know, too negative or too, you know, I don't know, casting anybody in in a in a in a bad light. There's very much uh, the sense of in the creative process. There's ups and downs, and nobody's going to really agree with one another. 
but you kind of just persevere and, and under the direction of Walt, everything kind of happened. H- how do you how do you make those choices of, you know, hey, this was kind of a low point. Let's put this in the museum versus just keeping it positive all the time, which everybody knows you, that's not anybody's real life, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's really perceptive of you. But Diane was a truth teller. She wanted to tell the true story of her father with, you know, all the the tough times, the good times, but, you know, also the, the very challenging times. And so there had been some um, untruths and myths that had popped up about her father, and she wanted to disabuse the public of those myths. But at the same time, she was very willing to tell the truth about her father's life. Hmm. So that's why, as you pointed out, there are parts of the museum where you know he he went through some struggles and some some uh, really the downturns of his life. But that was her point that he never gave up. And he picked himself up, he brushed himself off, and he did the next great, amazing thing that everybody said couldn't be done. Yeah. Um, and it, it really is inspiring. It, uh, well, okay, so let's, let's ask a, a question that a lot of people might be wondering. Um, why San Francisco? You know, what was the connection? Was it um, a matter of, um, of, you know, was it uh, something that Walt had a connection with in the past? Was it a matter of his daughter wanting it here because this is her close to the location where she lived. You know, what's the, the reason for the location of the museum? Yeah, it's the latter. So she and her family settled in Northern California after, um, after Ron, her husband, left the Walt Disney Company, and they established Silverado Vineyards in Napa and also had a presence in San Francisco. And Diane wanted to be intimately involved with the design and construction of the museum. But she also thought that her father would have really liked the location from the Presidio of San Francisco, a former military base. Mm-hmm. And as you know, Walt was a big patriot, um, very involved. He you know, was in World War I um, in the Red Cross Ambulance Corps right after um, Right after the end, but he's also, you know, the troops came out of a lot during World War II, and he designed all the insignia for the troops and all the films that he made during World War II. So she thought that he would really like the location there, and also that the way this area has developed with such innovation um, in Silicon Valley, but also with Pixar here, and you know, other really innovative companies. Um, and you know, think tanks. Um, she she thought that he would have liked the the location up here north. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I guess why we're here. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit about some of the artifacts. Uh, I mean, you have some. I mean, exquisite pieces. I guess yes, if I could just yes. pretend to know what I'm talking about. Uh, but a lot of cool stuff. How do you how do you get the artifacts that you have currently? I mean, you have in the lobby. You have awards all over the place you have you know vintage uh mickey mouse artifacts and and you know donald duck and all this other kind of stuff you have uh obviously the photos um uh, props all this Oscars. kind of stuff yeah <laughs> where how do you acquire all the all these pieces for the museum the family had some of the um key pieces the oscars uh the awards the really well trained 
some of those that the family had. And Diane's original idea for the museum was something much smaller, just like Walt's original idea for Disneyland was the 16-acre Mickey Mouse Park. <laughs> but when she saw what she had, it turned into something much bigger. And so then she landed on the idea to have a large-scale museum. She went about acquiring a lot of what you see in the museum and, and what you don't see. Um, we have a huge collection, uh, over 30,000 objects, um, and only about 10% are on display. So, but it was important to her to acquire um, the artifacts, the art, and create this robust collection so that she could rotate the art um, out and she could put on special exhibitions. And some of it's really for educational purposes, too. It's too fragile, perhaps, to display. But um, she, you know, she did a fantastic job of creating uh, a remarkable collection. Yeah. So only about 10% of your total artifacts are actually on display. That's, did I That's hear that right? Right. Wow. What happens to the other, what's the math, 90%, Terrence? 90 per, yes, 90%. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when, when, uh, where's, where's the other 90? She has a law degree. We should, uh, <laughs> yeah. we yeah. You could pretend. Uh, well, you know, hey, man, look, it's fun. It's endearing. Uh, where's all the other artifacts? Where are they, st- where are they stored? Well, yeah, there's a, another building in addition to the, um, the main museum, that um, has a, um, we have a collection facility in another building. So a lot of it is housed there, and then we have some off-site storage for some larger objects. Um, but it's all um, very meticulously stored in museum conditions. Uh, but there's, there's a separate building, and in that separate building, there's also a special exhibition space, which is where when Mickey Mouse opened um, on May 16th, that will be in this other building. It's a 3,500 square foot exhibition space, and that that building was a former uh, gymnasium for the troops, and uh, so it's, it's another gorgeous, beautiful building. And um, the exhibition space is is also it's got a wonderful feel to it, spirit to it, and uh, so that's why we do our main major exhibition every year from May to January. Okay, I've I've yet to make it to an exhibition, but I will be there on the fifteenth for the Mickey Mouse nice. exhibition. I'm very excited to uh, to attend that. Can you give us a little right. a little uh, teaser on on what's what's going on with that? Yeah, so um, it's the really the story of Mickey Mouse from his origin, his rise to fame, um, and his impact, his global impact. Um, he really is an enigma how he's captured so many hearts and minds. And so curated by Andreas Deja, who's the modern hand of Mickey Mouse and just an, a, a fabulous animator, uh, probably one of the best in the world right now, um, and a tremendous person. He's part of our advisory committee at the museum, and we actually did an exhibition of his work um, not too long ago, just absolutely breathtaking work. Um, but we'll have um, a lot of art and merchandise. We have some contemporary art, uh, Wayne Tebow, Andy Warhol, uh, Damien Hirst. Um, there, there'll be just an array of gorgeous art and then information about Mickey Mouse and also some opportunity, interactive opportunities, educational opportunities. Um, 
to you know, draw Mickey Mouse and participate in other ways. Um, we'll also have an animation table. We'll have animators uh, rotate in and out, um, and so people can see how animation is actually created. I love it. That that is the the. I, well, I don't want to say it, it sets you apart because you know it, it, it's not the only thing, but that is one of the things I think that sets the Walt Disney Family Museum apart from just a normal, everyday, run-of-the-mill museum. Mm-hmm. It's these kinds of, of exhibitions, and they're interactive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know of other places that are, are doing stuff like this. It's almost like going to the park yeah. and being yeah. kind of involved in that, and you guys offer classes on like, 2D, 3D animation, you know, viewings of, yeah. of movies all the time, talks. It, it's If you're a Disney fan and you're in the Bay Area or if you're just visiting, you, you got to you go. It's you like you got to go. Disney meets like the planetarium. Yeah. <laughs> or like the exploratorium <laughs> or, or something sorry, like that, right? The exploratorium. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, the store... Oh, oh my, God. my goodness <laughs> gracious! That store is amazing. Kirsten, we we've we've talked about the store. I think ad nauseum already yes. on this podcast about three for the last three shows, yeah. um, because it's great. The prices are oh, are good. You. you guys have a lot of really good stuff. Uh, if if you're you know if you're into to history, they have a lot of books. They have a lot of the golden book. They have a whole whole yes. bunch of stuff. Waltz people, man. I got uh, Waltz people episode. I think uh, volume six. I'm going through it right now. Oh yeah, and this is a, I could have, I, I could have walked away with everything. Oh in for that sure, store. that store was amazing, 100%. and and the prices were not were not terrible by any <laughs> means. But I also realized that my couch isn't very comfortable, and so I didn't want to get in trouble when I got home. So I had to take it down. It. So I got something for my wife and a couple of things for me, and then we were good. There we go. Yeah. That's a you're a good man, Terrence. What what is your partnership with the Walt Disney Company like? I'm assuming that you guys have. A partnership because you're using, you know, a lot of the Mickey Mouse and copyright stuff. How does that shake out? Yeah, the company's been absolutely wonderful to us. So we're not uh, officially affiliated with them, but um, they are, they generously loan us artifacts and they have uh, participated in past exhibitions. Um, they're they're just wonderfully supportive. In fact, Good. Bob Iger is lending us taking her Mickey Mouse for this upcoming exhibition. So I, I just can't say enough good about how they have supported the museum and what we're doing, our educational efforts, which has really exploded in the last few years. And so it's something like 30,000 people, over 30,000 people um, through our educational programming and also focusing on uh, underrepresented communities. Uh, we did an exhibition last year of the art of kids in juvenile detention centers and uh, that was just so moving and the impact that it made on some of these kids was just overwhelming and we're we're doing another special exhibition this year with homeless children we partnered with three organizations in the Bay Area and they're creating art which will be on display and just the looks on their faces when they see their art in a real museum exhibition wow. it's so heartwarming yeah. uh, so that's part of we did one our first one was, was adults with disabilities and then we did one with adults suffering from memory disorders uh, and then next year we'll do one uh, with veterans uh, that will uh, coincide with our major exhibition so um, the educational programming and, and reaching out to representative communities was extremely important to Diane and then Ron, who succeeded her as president, uh, as it is to me and, and our staff. Uh, that's 
it's just uh, a focus of our efforts. Um, yeah. And just, you know, getting the word out. And animation is such a, an incredible way to, um, to learn about a whole host of disciplines. And you can be, you know, great at storytelling, maybe not so good at animating, but you're still a very important person in the process, or maybe special effects, you know, or you know, any different aspects of it. Um, and so it's, it's just wonderful to see those kids and adults um, respond to learning about animation and techniques and, and you know, bringing, bringing art to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, even, yeah, storytelling, the heroine's journey, 2D animation, uh, graphic novels, cell animation, you know, so you have the classic, it, it's it, it's incredible. It's amazing, it really is. Yeah, you guys definitely are, I, I mean, it's hard to just not think of you as a resource center right. versus right. a museum, it really is. Yeah. That's what Diane wanted, actually. She wanted, and it, you know, we're trying to build out public access, you know, the platform that would allow um, more public access to our assets so that it can be more learning and educational opportunities for, for people of all ages. That was, that was very important to Diane. Yeah, well, it's, you guys are doing a bang-up job with yes. that for sure. Uh, do you have a favorite piece in the museum? Ooh, it's like choosing between children. <laughs> I have a favorite you child. Know, I, I, I think what, what impacts me a lot is the high level of artistry. The, all these artists who are behind these films, the art that they create for these films. We have Gustav Tengren, we have Ivan Earle, Mary Blair, Tyrus Wong. And when you see the art and realize how many gorgeous, pieces are created for one animated feature, mm. it, it just it blows me away. I, just the amount of effort that goes into it, and it really is fine art, and I think you know, that's, it's, I think that's a very high-impact um, component of the museum. Yeah, I absolutely agree. There's there's a wall. I forget exactly where in one of the galleries it is, but it's covered with uh, one of the cell by cell, frame by frame, I guess, of uh, of a Mickey, like one of the early Mickey shorts. I forget which one it is. And you you look at the you look at the wall, and it's you know every every page equals you know a fraction of a second, right? Twenty four, whatever. Yeah. And you look at it, and you're like, there has to be just duplicate. Like this can't be. This is an actual like section of animation blown out into frame by frame, yeah, yeah. and it 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 sort of gives you a sense of how much actual work. It's not just story and and design and make sure it happens and advertising and whatever. It's the tedious artwork of drawing by hand and then moving everything a fraction, but keeping Basically everything the else same thing. the same. Yeah, yeah, over and over again, but slightly. It's mind blowing. Right, and 350 frames equals 15 seconds of animation, which really, and as that wall is brilliant. Yeah. Because it gives you a, a very illustrative view into how arduous this art form is. Yeah. So everything in the museum impressed me, everything. Uh, but there was one thing that made me stop in my tracks and not want to leave, and that's the, the French onion chicken the sandwich. Onion chicken sandwich <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> You're ridiculous. No, it was the, it sounds amazing. The um, the Disneyland model. Oh yes, yeah. so let's talk about the Disneyland uh, model. 
So it was fantastic. Now, um, right. So I was trying. I was trying to see if there was an, an actual time period that the model represented. And um, correct me if I'm wrong. To the best of my ability, I, I, it looked like it was everything that Walt, quote unquote, touched. So anything that he was involved in with the development of. So either what was there when it opened up to the point of his death, and even things that opened after his death when he was involved in the development of the of that attraction. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. So. He passed away in December 1966, and so it goes through 68, which was the you know the last attraction that he had a hand in that was um, that finally went live. So yeah, that that um, model was actually built by the same model makers who make the model for Star Wars. Nice. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah, and interestingly, that took a year to to construct, which is the same amount of time it took. To um, to construct Disneyland. That's crazy. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like yeah. that. You know what? They, uh, if, just if I could make a yeah, couple. Yeah, and of... when we were when uh, marijuana was legalized in California recently, uh, it, that model was voted the number one place to come while stoned in San Francisco. <laughs> no, you, you stop it! <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> by by what? How did how did it's, that? It's an honor. How, how did that how did that vote happen? That was thing? it like high times or what? I love every what's part that? of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh god, yeah. I, I'm gonna track that story down because I really, <laughs> I I appreciate that because first of all, for those of you who don't know, it's in the Presidio, which is a beautiful area, yes. lots of greenery, lots of trees, lots of grass, especially right across from the museum. It's gorgeous. Great view of the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. You know, you got a bunch of the trees and stuff in the background. I could definitely see going into the parking lot, bringing your Frisbee <laughs> or whatever. You know. With those huge chairs they had out there, too. Yeah. Like, oh. Imbibe in the local, you know, yeah. spices, if you will, Gunja, like Dune, I guess. You know? And then hit the museum. <laughs> I, I, I could, I mean... We do yeah. need to go back and check that place out. Yeah, the, really the only the only thing is that it's federal property, so uh, marijuana is not actually legal in the Presidio. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I did not know that. Because isn't that it's a it's a is federal, a federal property, property yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, hey, what nobody are you knows do? that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's actually a national park. Yeah. Well, look, you know what? If it's ever federally legalized, you know, you I could see you take you have an audio tour. And you get handed like a thing, and then you get handed a vape pen, and you just go. <laughs> and that's the new, that's the new no, tour. Ever, it's, it's so <laughs> beautiful. Um, How did we get here? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's Kirsten's fault, not mine. I didn't do it. I didn't do anything. What were you going to say, Terrence? Were you going to oh, say no, something? No, Beverly is. Okay. I was going to ask uh, Terrence, because I can't remember what part you were talking about, but what was the part that made you cry? Oh, oh, good so lord! Who knows? Gracious. It was probably going to the restroom because <laughs> no, no, no. it was so clean. No, and it, was... it was like, oh my god, it's beautiful. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll... Terrence Kirsten Terrence is very emotional. He is man. very emotional. He's very in touch with his feelings, which is fine. But he cries at literally everything. <laughs> this is what happens: Budweiser commercials. <laughs> yeah, I know. the horses are so pretty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cookie does. Crisp commercials. That Delicious. dog never gets it. So, um, what what moved me to tears was it's. It really the whole museum felt like you were sitting down with um, with Diane and she just basically pulled out a uh, book, an old picture book, and she's taking you through her father's life. Mm-hmm. And you get to the point where it's the, the height of his career, the triumph, 
Uh, Disneyland is open. It's doing well. Things are blossoming. You're looking at the audio animatronics of um, the Tiki Room, and you're doing all of that, and you're just right at the top of his life. Like, nothing can go wrong, and then you round the corner, and you see that old TV with the news broadcast that Walt had passed away. And the way it, the way it happened, the way it played out, it was. I mean, it just my heartstrings were playing like a harp at that point. <laughs> like, I mean, it was absolutely amazing. But I think that, that that goes back to what the museum is. It's it is a story. It's not just a collection of artifacts. It's a story, and it takes you through um, the entirety of, of his life. Like you said, the ups and downs, and it just holds your attention the entire way. Like I, we left out of the museum, and I wanted to go back in again and go walk around again to see what i missed so yeah that was when i that's when i cried like i actually had a tear i think i think nick dropped to one knee and openly (laughs) wept i think nick actually got it on on film of of, oh my goodness me crying a little bit yeah is that story does that sound plausible kirsten have you ever heard that or or is it a common a common theme for people to be well, Touch that. Yeah, yeah. We actually thought about having a box of Kleenex in that gallery because <laughs> people are very moved by that. But Diane didn't want it to end on a sad note. So the the final gallery is a reflection in the one with the curved glass walls mm-hmm. with all of the images about Walt's life and his family and his work and um, beautiful classical music playing. And so, uh, and that that gallery actually has won awards. Um, oh wow. You know, it's difficult actually to uh, to construct that curved glass and get the imagery right. So, but she she wanted people to walk away inspired, yeah. um, and uh, I think she achieved it. Yeah, she did. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yes. Yeah, uh, Kirsten, we're gonna wrap things up here a little bit. Um, and we'll let you go, but we do have, for all of our guests, we have a set of seven questions that we ask. It's sort of like uh, inside the actor's studio, if you wouldn't mind. Just a quick one or two word answers, the first thing that comes to your mind whenever we ask the question. It's very easy. It's nothing like what's your social security number or anything like that. You can tell us if you want to. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, is that okay? You want to play along no, real, real fast? Yeah, that's fine. All right, cool. Uh, here we go. What's your favorite Disney attraction? It's a small world. That's a good one. Okay. I do like I do like it's a small world. It's very complicated. I was thinking about that actually earlier today. It's a complex thing to pull off story wise. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Terrence. Okay. Oh, okay, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> What's your least favorite Disney attraction? Oh no, 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 no. Uh, none. <laughs> <laughs> well. Are you a Disneyland fan? Are you do you go to the parks? Can I I should ask that question first. I uh, you know, I, I am a fan. Um I'd say I'm first a fan of Walt because I just find him absolutely, you know, just I I can't get enough inspiration from his story. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Disneyland really has so much of Walt in it. Um, you can yeah. you can really feel him there. That's true. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's fine. I'll give you a pass. She is a lawyer. Look at that. I told you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this one. Go ahead. Um, pie-eyed Mickey or round-eyed Mickey? Which do you prefer? I'm sorry. Uh, pie-eyed Mickey, you know. Uh, oh yeah, pie-eyed or round-eyed. So that's what I, I, I guess I call them. But it's either round-eyed. round-eyed. Okay, yeah, you know what I'm talking about then. Round-eyed, yeah. Um, what old ride should they bring back to the parks? Hmm. This is a tricky one. This stumps well, a lot of people. Yeah. It's a tricky one. I yeah. Um. I don't really want to 
comment on their decisions because they were just so great to us. So um, I think they, they make the right decisions. Star Wars Land is going to be incredible. You, know, you have to, to move forward in all other cities. You got to give things up in order to move forward. It's true. And um, so, yeah, I, that's I think perfect. I'm up in for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect, man. That's okay. I'll look. Normally, I would I would harass you a little bit, but that's a per, that's a that's a good answer. I like the deflection. I appreciate it. That's the correct answer. That's the correct position. answer. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I'll skip the next one, which is what current ride should they remove? Because We're most not. of our guests are a little bit more jaded. Um, uh, how about this one? Who's your favorite Disney character? Jiminy Cricket. Nice. Wow, I think that oh, is first new. Time. First time. That's the first time with that Good one. Good call. Good call. And here's the last one. Here's the last one. It's very easy. Well, I mean, depending. Uh, if you could travel back in time and meet Walt, what would you tell him? What would I tell him? Yeah. Yes. What would I tell him? Um, I would just thank him yeah. for impacting the world in the way he has. I mean, his lasting influence and his characters and, you know, Mickey how many people has Mickey helped in a dark time and made, made them laugh. And um, it's, he, he was an incredible genius and yeah. a nice one. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Good that's, yeah, that's, uh, I, I appreciate that. Kirsten, thank you so much. Everyone go to waltdisney.org to learn all about the Walt Disney Family Museum. And if you're going to be in town, uh, see, I have the dates here, from May 16th to January 6th, 2020. You got a lot of time. It's nice long. Uh, it's, check out Mickey Mouse from Walt to the World, a celebration of animation's most beloved and recognizable character. Cro- the exhibition chronicles Mickey's impact and influence on art and entertainment over the past nine decades which is uh, you know it's incredible it's insane. and tells the story of his origin rise to fame and enduring worldwide appeal of course uh guest curated by legendary animator andres deja um, mickey mouse from walt to the world kirsten thank you so much for joining us i really appreciate it yeah thank you guys and coming so i look forward to seeing you on the 15th absolutely i'll be sure to find you <laughs> okay great. all right thank Thanks. you have a nice night. Thanks you for having too. me. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. That was cool. That was, that was so yeah, cool. I liked it. Uh, the, the, I got distracted in the first part because the audio was kind of weird. Yeah. And so I had to like sit and futz with the knobs. And yeah. so she like stopped talking. I was like, oh, shoot. I didn't hear because I was, I get sidetracked. That's, this is why radio shows, like real radio shows, have engineers. Have yes. somebody else And they the do all of this, right? So <clears throat> anyway. Take some of the money from... Uh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're broke. Um, anyway, <laughs> Kirsten, thank you again. I'm looking at her bio. Uh, she grew up studying violin, modern dance. She has a BA in Italian from Berkeley. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, a JD, which I guess is junior, junior doctor. Junior doctor, I think. Yeah. Uh, she was uh, on the board for Tyco Toys. Taiko, that's just, I mean, you know, I, I, smart, smart person. And she came on this show <laughs> <laughs> where we bash everything possible because of my terrible negativity. Eh. I did mean to ask her, like, how she got involved. You want to call her back? No. I'll just, tell, I'll just give you the phone number. It's 952 okay. Great. I'll 78. Yeah. Hey, I forgot to ask you how you got involved <laughs> in the Walt Disney Company. Yeah. Uh, no, what did you want to ask? Just how she got involved. I oh, might, okay. I might yeah. have missed that. Um, yeah. Just because I'm, I mean, her resume is like glorious. So mm. I'm curious. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a good time. So I'll be there on the 15th. You know, a little press preview. Don't know what I'm trying to say. But, uh, you know, 
That's the way we do it here on Ears Up Podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know that. But it should be pretty cool. And then so I think we can kind of get a one-on-one interview with uh, Andres, the uh, animator. Nice. So I'm going to try to do that, bring a little audio back for the show, maybe get him on as like his own, you know, mm-hmm. segment or whatever. But <clears throat> it's uh, that uh, Mickey Mouse from All to the World is going to have over 400 things, objects, right? Rare, never, never before seen original sketches, character model sheets, mm-hmm. concept artwork, nostalgic merchandise. Anyway, this is the thing to do. Plan yeah. your vacation. Come up here. Come out here, come down here, wherever you come are. Over here. This is this is this That's is the awesome. thing to do, man. Yeah, this is definitely the thing to do. Also, apparently yes. J D stands for Juris Doctor, yeah. which is her law degree. Not junior doctor. I thought it was like junior doctor. I don't know why. And which th- thank you for telling me that because now I feel like a complete moron. Because <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've never heard of a junior doctorate in my entire life. That's what, either one. That's but, actually what uh, well, that's what Doogie Howser had. He had a junior, junior doctor because yeah. he was a little. Stuff. I get it. That's true. Uh, yeah. We uh, smart. Yeah, we're dumb as hell, dude. SMRT. <laughs> Whatever, kids. Look, man. Never just assume you're right. <laughs> Go to college. Maybe you can get a junior doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Whatever, dude. It's fine. You guys want to do some news? Yeah. Yes. Dude, this is how dumb I feel. Uh, well, never mind. I'm not even. It's not even worth talking about. You can't do that. I can do whatever I want to do. Do you want to know why? Whatever. Because I have the volume control. March in the past, present, and future with all the news that's fit to cover. It's the Ears Up Disney News. Boom. <laughs> all right. First of all, <clears throat> breaking news Star Wars actor Peter Mayhew has passed away at age 74. Yes, Terrence. Rest in peace. No, I was just... Oh, big, yeah, shouts yeah. out to the big homie, uh, dude. The, however you do it. Thank yeah. You. Uh, actually, he passed away on uh, April 30th, but uh, oh, the news just kind of hit today. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mayhew's family took to the actor's Twitter account to announce the news of his death. I probably should... Let me pop this music down, this fun time music while we're talking about this guy who died. <laughs> guy who passed away. Yeah. Uh, in other news, cholera is making a huge <laughs> comeback, and everybody oh, probably yeah. has tuberculosis. <laughs> it's like uh, that old Steve Martin bit where, like, you, nobody can be sad when you're playing the banjo. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and in other news, impending doom. <laughs> Shout out to Steve Martin. That's who I want to interview. Steve that's Martin. A, that's a I real love Steve G. Martin so much. Need him. Man, his auto his autobiography is called Born Standing Up. If you're yeah, into autobiographies, I think we've talked about it on the show before. Read it. Yeah, it's great. And tell me you didn't cry. I I shed tears at at that book. It was He's an amazing man. It was great. I'm I'm not crying. I'm wiping my eye. It's fine. Anyway, <clears throat> and also, yes. For all you kids out there, uh the jerk is a way, way, I'm, way better. I'm here. I can hear you. Okay, I'm talking to the oh. way. I, I love Dumb and Dumber. If you love Dumb and Dumber, watch The Jerk because it's 15 times better. Oh, so yeah. great. Yeah. This chair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the family of Peter Mayhew, with great love and sadness, regrets to share the news that Peter's passed away. The tweet reads: The post also discusses the last time Mayhew played Chewbacca in J.J. Abrams. Excuse me, J.J. Abrams' The Force Awakens, Mm -hmm. and what a challenge it was for the actor. He fought his way back from being wheelchair-bound to stand tall and portray Chewbacca one last time. And Peter May, he was one of those dudes, like, at all the Star Wars conventions and whatever, um, to actually, like, go. 
And he loved what? What's up, Terrence? Look like someone farted. No, it's amazing. A, a screw face. You got your screw face no. on. Your gas face. No, it's amazing that he did no. that. He was wheelchair bound and fought back to be able to play that actor one more or play that character one more time. Yeah, I agree. He's survived by his wife Angie and his three children. He spent his final years in Arlington, Texas, after becoming a naturalized citizen in 2005. Due to his height and impressive seven feet two inches, he underwent a double knee replacement surgery in 2013. But unfortunately, they ended up switching his legs, so his left foot was on his right foot, and his right foot was on his left foot. But yet, he I endured. Hate you. I was like, and oh my continues God. his soldier on. <laughs> I thought you meant they did the knees backwards, like they put the wrong knee in the Can wrong you imagine? Like a flamingo. Like, <laughs> regardless, I hate that I'm so gullible that I believe what you just said. Oh, man. Anyway, <laughs> RIP to the real homie, dude. Like, uh, you know, I know he was just in a suit, but you watch those movies and there's so much personality coming oh, through. Yeah. And Chewbacca would not be as lovable as he was without the actor in the suit. So that's, you know, that's some sad news, but I guess we all go, you know what I mean? Eventually. Here's some big news. Uh, here are all of the box office records that Avengers Endgame has broken this past weekend. It just came out. Yeah, it dominated, dude. Yeah, but it's like the final of the yeah. thing, so it's yeah, really yeah. big. It's also like what happens now. Like, what are they going to do now? Right. Because all of these other standalone movies and origin story movies were to get to the Avengers, to get to this point. Right. And then now what? I don't know. Is anybody going to care about an Iron Man 4 or an Ant-Man 3 or something like that? I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so either. But I'm completely wrong about the Marvel. I just just don't vibe with it. Taryn and I are are re-watching all... We're watching all the movies now. We're going back. We're watching them all. We just finished Iron Man 3 last night. Okay. It's taken us two weeks (laughs) to watch... Like five movies or whatever, yeah. because you know it's, it's what you do when you got a kid. But they're, I don't know. I'm I I would have totally misunderestimated if I was on that board. Like misunderestimated, misunderestimated. Sure, dude. It's a word. Yeah, uh, the popularity. Because I, I just don't like them. I mean, Iron Man is the best one, but like Thor was fine. Yeah, I just don't really care about them. I don't think that I've seen a single movie. In any any of the stand, I've, I know for a fact I've never seen any of the Avengers movies. Yeah, but I don't think I've ever seen any of the standalone movies. Huh. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I wish I could tell you. Um, I just got a text from Taryn. Uh, sorry, she's never going to sleep. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> poor Taryn. Yeah. Oh man, I'm sorry, but we're here having a great time without you. Regardless, I just voice texted her. I'm not going to send that. Don't worry. I'm just going to delete it to, oh, man, I'm sorry. And then also what they're going to do is they're going to start making the standalone movies for Fantastic Four and more I, X-Men I stuff. And they're going to start terribly. going in that direction because now they have um, more Deadpool stuff. They have the rights to all that stuff. They're going to go in that direction. I'm disappointed The uh, we're broadcasting right now and the Sharks game is on. Okay. Yeah, I'm that just wanted to tell you right now. It's still zero to zero. Yeah, it's zero to zero. Sorry, I had to do it. I had to do it. Uh, here we go. <clears throat> Avengers Endgame has been astronomical in its first three days, setting records in the U.S., China, and a variety of overseas markets. These are some of the records the superhero tentpole, which I feel is very inappropriate, is destroying on its first weekend at the box office. The biggest China opening day. Set, 
set the record on April 24th for the biggest opening day and the biggest single day in Chinese history with $107.2 million. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Sometimes that's like a movie's whole like entire take yeah. for yeah. five years. Like that's their whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, international record breaker. It became the biggest single day performer in <clears throat> Hong Kong, Taiwan, Thailand, Australia, New Zealand, the Philippines, Korea, the UK, Brazil, Egypt, Panama, Peru, Colombia, Argentina, Chile, Bolivia, Paraguay, Trinidad, and Uruguay. That is That's 19 insane. countries. Oh, good. I just counted while you were doing oh, it. I was just more impressed with how I didn't stumble on any of them. You did I'm great. Really great. Okay. It also registered the top opening day in Indonesia, Malaysia, Netherlands, Greece, Gre Greece. There you go, Greece. Uh, <laughs> Portugal, Slovakia, Turkey, and Ukraine. So, I mean, destroyed every, just ruined the box offices. That's it was pretty crazy. crazy. Thursday preview record in the U.S. Avengers Endgame set a record for top Thursday preview gross at $60 million. Jeez. So that's all the people who went to like the midnight. Yeah. Beating nuts. the 2015 record of Star Wars The Force Awakens at $57 million. Uh, domestic weekend yeah. record. Disney projected on Friday afternoon that Avengers Endgame would finish the domestic opening weekend at about $300 million, demolishing last year's record set by Avengers Infinity War with twenty uh, with $257.7 million. Most screens for one film. It set a record by showing at 4,662 North American locations. Holy crap. That's crazy, man. Yeah, dude. Uh, and then these are some of the records that Avengers Endgame has a good shot at breaking. Top market share, they say. The fourth Avengers movie has a good shot at taking the title for top market share for an opening weekend among films that opened at more than $150 million. That distinction is currently held by Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, this is really boring. All right. The rest of that's really boring. But, uh, man, what a juggernaut, dude. I know. <laughs> What I, a, I can hear Alice crying. Yeah, I, I feel so too. bad, the dude. The cat just went out and the door opened a little more. Yeah, I feel so bad. Oh, well. Can't do anything about it now. Feel the force at Disneyland Resort with special May the 4th celebration. Bration, bration. <laughs> also, why didn't they do... I did that. I that, wasn't, that wasn't reverb. That, was, that wasn't a special effect. That was me. That's me honing my craft. You did great. And practicing my craft. Like the craft of my voice. Like Celebration, bration, bration. My Max Hedrum. Go ahead. Pra oh, praise uh, me, Terrence. No, no, no. I wasn't. Um, <laughs> I was really surprised ah, that they didn't do the sucks. online um, reservations for Star for Galaxy's Edge um, on May the 4th. Like, I was really surprised oh. they, cho they chose May the 2nd for some reason. I mean that's a good that's a good point. Yeah. That'd be some good uh, you know cross marketing there. But uh, with Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge opening on May thirty first at Disneyland, you'll have an opportunity. I don't know why I feel like every time I read the Disney Parks blogs, <laughs> I have to go in cheesy radio voice because that's how they're written. You'll have an opportunity to travel to a galaxy far, far away to live out your own Star Wars adventure. Enter, enter. <laughs> this May the 4th, special celebrations are happening in Tomorrowland and Disneyland Park, including limited time food, beverage, and merchandise offerings. You can jump to light speed with the return of Hyperspace Mountain, which I've never been a fan of, but it's fine. Whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be more zen about it. Uh, that's, of course, the overlay to Space Mountain. You can meet Captain Phasma and a small legion of stormtroopers in Tomorrowland in the uh, Force in March of the First Order. Oh, incredible display of the Force in something called March of the First Order. There you go. Uh, whether you're 
a supporter of the First Order or Resistance, grab a friend and snap a picture at Special Photo Opportunity inside the Starcade. Galactic Grill and Alien Pizza Planet are serving up Star Wars-inspired snacks that are out of this world. Oh, you get it, guys? So because it's not... Yeah. It. Grab yeah. a dark side chicken sandwich. <laughs> dark side... Ch- is it dark meat? If it's, if it's not thighs only, right. I don't want it. That's true. Or Cajun. <laughs> That's right. Uh, or outer rim pasta. Okay. Right. These, yeah. Their names for this stuff. It, it's something. It blows me away. <clears throat> Mark the day with a novelty war, uh, novelty Stein, sipper, or popcorn bucket. Additional details on these delicious surprises and more will be shared later this week. And I'm sure, of course, you're going to have to brave lines to get all those souvenir sippers and blah, blah, blah. Of course you are. Anyway, so that's happening May 4th, if you're into that whole thing, if you're going to be in the parks. Here's, again, trending with more Star Wars news. Mark Hamill, Mm -hmm. who is, of course, everybody knows, Darth Vader, reveals often wondered personal secret about Luke Skywalker. Oh, well, then how would he know about, if he's Darth Vader, how would he know about Luke Skywalker? Because he's his father, duh. Oh, God. I thought it was Yoda. (laughs) Dude, so I'm on uh, this this, uh, website called MovieWeb. Super distraction on the right hand side. They have like you know other articles. Right. Jamie Fox is one step closer to playing Mike Tyson in upcoming biopic. Yes, <laughs> that is ultimate casting. I can't wait. I literally can't wait. So after this, after this, I want to. I'm gonna read that. But yes, but I also want to <laughs> play you, Jamie Fox, singing the national anthem oh dear. at a boxing ma- at a boxing event. I feel like I've heard. It was uh, a while ago, right? It was like five, six years. Yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've horrible. heard that. And I also want definitely want to see a Mike Tyson movie. <laughs> Jamie Foxx, Mike Tyson movie? Who's going to play Robin Givens? Oh, I don't... Beyonce, maybe? They kind of. Oh, I don't think that like a character like Beyonce is going to oh, get beat up by you, right? Yeah, yeah. Who's going to play Don King? Beyonce. <laughs> I don't know. She got the hair. It's true. Uh, Star Wars franchise star Mark Hamill is weighing in on the mystery surrounding Luke Skywalker's sex life tweeting his belief that the Jedi Master did not die a virgin. Throughout the entire history of the movie franchise, Skywalker was never involved in an on-screen romantic relationship, leaving the status of his virginity unclear. The closest he came seems to be when he kissed his own sister, (laughs) which fortunately didn't progress any further than that for the obvious reasons. Fans have apparently been debating this to the point where the question has made its way to Hamill on Twitter, which... Mark Hamill's tight. If you if you're on Twitter, follow throw him a follow. He's really good. Sometimes he'll like respond to fans, especially if they're cool questions. Yeah, but he's yeah. very punny. He's he's a good. That's a good follow for sure. Uh, so someone asked him on Twitter about it, and he had an interesting answer. He said, "Make up your own backstory." Uh, what Hamill said when he was asked directly if Luke died a virgin, "It's under it's undetermined, but in the one I made for him myself, the answer is no." I feel like I would make the same. Yeah, of course not. Are you kidding me? Come on, you son. think I would die a virgin? Me, Lucas Skywalker. <laughs> Lucas Skywalker. I feel like Luke's got to be short, right? Yeah, for Luke. It's got to be Luke or Lucatius or some sort of like longer Lucius. word. Lucius. Luke. Lucatius. I don't know, man. <laughs> um, but I also thought it was interesting that he just goes, make it up. Make it up on your own, which is part of the reason why I hate these backstory movies. Yeah. Because we now know all of this stuff that we were trying to make up on our own. Yeah. That's why Boba Fett was so cool, 
you know, he died in the Sarlacc pit. That's right. what you're supposed to think, but of course they didn't want it because he's so badass. But he's such a badass because you don't know anything about him. Exactly. Because right. exactly. Vader told him no disintegrations. That was it. Yep. Instantly, that made him a badass. Yeah. But although I will say that uh, I'm looking forward to the Mandalorian. That'll be cool on Disney Plus. Um, let's see. Oops, that's not it. Let's go. You want to talk about Floyd Norman and his Dumbo Crow scene defense? No. You don't want to talk about that? I don't want to talk about that. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Go to Floyd Norman's blog. Just Google Floyd Norman blog because he defends uh, Disney, uh, defends Dumbo about the crow scene. Yeah. We'll just talk about that. Uh, let's see. No thanks to that. You want to Okay. We have two news stories. One's a serious one and one's a stupid one. Which do you want and which do you want to end on? Stupid. Obviously, of the stupid one. You want to do that now or do you want to end with that? Oh, no, too serious. That. One now and <clears> the <throat> stupid one to end. Abigail Disney, whom I want to interview on the show. It's a good Oh, I get it, because your kid's name's Abigail. Right, right. I got it. Uh, Abigail Disney calls on company to give 50% of executive bonuses to lowest paid employees. That was amazing. Right? Good for her. I agree, dude. Just days after calling the pay of Disney's top brass, quote, insane, Mm -hmm. the granddaughter of company co-founder Roy Disney wrote an opinion piece in the Washington Post in which she acknowledged that she, quote, struck a nerve with a Twitter thread about wage inequality at the Walt Disney Company. She says, quote, I believe that Disney could well lead the way, if its leaders so choose, to a more decent, humane way of doing business. She wrote in a a piece published Tuesday. She proposes that the company put aside half Half of the bonuses its executives earn, distributing that to the bottom 10% of Disney's 200,000 employees. I think that's a great idea. And I don't think it's unreasonable. Like, they're not cutting their salary. This is extra money that they get. That's her point, too, right? She goes, well, not she, but the article goes, according to a regulatory filing, six of Disney's top executives, including Bob Iger, received stock awards and options worth a combined $62 million last year. stupid. It really is. A, a bonuses. You're already making that's, that's mi- on tens of, of millions. Salary. Right, right, right. That's ridiculous. That doesn't include additional bonuses and potentially millions of dollars more earned by lower tier executives at the media and theme park conglomerate. Um, this is Disney talk, uh, uh, Abigail talking again. Besides, at the pay levels we're talking about, an executive giving up half of his bonus, not all of it, half of it, has zero effect on his quality of life, she writes. For the people at the bottom, it could mean a ticket out of poverty or debt. Okay. It could offer access to decent health care or an education for a child or potentially not like not living in your car right well and and <coughs> i mean think about it. i mean it's it's a nice little piece of change you know if she's talking about the bottom 10 percent of two hundred thousand global employees it's a bought us 20 grand twenty thousand people 62 million bucks that's 3100 bucks each that's a nice little bonus for someone who sweeps the parks all day right Agreed. Yeah. 100%. Um, she says, by any objective measure, a pay ratio over 1,000 is insane, she said, of Iger's pay package, which amounts to $66 million, which is 1,424 times that of the median salary of a Disney employee of $46,127. The median salary. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, there's a point at which there's just too much going on around the top of the system into this class of people who, I'm sorry this is radical, have too much money, she said. But, you know, people online are like, well, Disneyland pays $15 an hour and then they'll like start, they, they start paying for college and vocational skills and they, you know, they're doing better. But that's this year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? Right. And it's not company wide. Right. And those people still need help. $15 an hour in California. And this is, we've said this on the show, right? And she says it later on in her piece. 
the parks are what brings in the money. The parks are what keeps people engaged with the brand. So you need to take care of them. It's the agree. people running the park that make the experiences good for other people. And mm. I'm stopping. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, at a company that has never been more profitable, whose top executives drive home with seven and eight figure paychecks, and whose primary resource is the good spirited, public facing people who greet guests day after day, why are we dancing around a minimum wage anyway? She added. And also, like, for the last five years, they've raised prices every year, and they're now increasing their capacity and building another park. Like, they're just bringing in more money. So where's the money going? Yeah. Right. And so, you know, Disney says as in response that they've made historic investments in its workers' pay and benefits, including education initiatives that allow hourly employees the ability to learn a college or vocational degree completely free of charge. The company said it has upped the starting hourly salary at Disneyland to 15 and pledged as much as $150 million to the education effort. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it, it, yeah, I'm not going to beat it to death because we've done that 700 times on the show, but... Um, I would really love to support a company that values their employees as much as friggin' in and out. I agree. You oh. know what I mean? Profit shit. Like I understand they yeah. you know they can send you to college, but what if you're 55? What are you going to go to college for, right? right? I mean, come on. Or you're dumb like me. <laughs> I, I I was terrible in college. I only got my AA at a junior college right. after my second junior college. Like, I don't do school well. Right. So if I'm working at Disneyland, what is that? Doesn't mean doesn't do anything for me. Right, right. So give me give me give me more money when I'm pulling people on and off Mater's or Cars Land or whatever. Right. right like give exactly. me something else. I, agree. I completely agree with you. I'm I'm making sure that everybody else is happy. This is me is my job. I want to I want to participate in this. And it's studies obviously show that that means that people are better at their job. Yeah. If they're getting paid more if they feel more valuable. You're absolutely right. Anyway, <clears throat> all right, here's the dumb one. You ready? Yes. Disney's newest Cinderella pony makes debut at Walt Disney World Resort. Walt Disney World has announced uh, a royal addition to Cinderella's royal family, Cinderella pony, and they named it Lily. So Cinderella ponies are the ponies that draw that that that, that um, are hitched and pull the Cinderella stagecoach or whatever. Right, right. And they had a, a pony. That's what this is about. It's a little confusing. Lily is named after Walt Disney's wife, of course, and was born in March. Lily is also the first white Shetland pony ever born at the Tri-Circle D Ranch at Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground. Lily's parents are not just any horses either they pulled cinderella's iconic pumpkin coach for disney's fairy tale weddings and parades at the magic kingdom the disney parks blog say when lily turns two she'll begin training to pull cinderella's magical coach and then could make her debut as part of the team um a year later taryn says i'm not coming down i don't feel well and i don't really want to join the show anymore <laughs> wow. yeah she's, she's frustrated she's frustrated and i get it i mean alice has been in bed for an hour and a half now yeah so this is the entire show and uh, it, that sucks, man. I that definitely sucks. I'm sorry, Jaron. Eh, what are you gonna do? A team of uh, 35 ranch hands care for Lily and 90 other horses across the Walt Disney World Resort. That's cool. Yeah. So anyway, if you're in Disney World, apparently they pull this pony out and kind of show it around, which is you know, that's cool. Nice, I guess. I guess. <laughs> I guess. It's just, a, it's just a pony. It's just a horse, bruh. Is it just because it's a white pony? I guess. I don't know, man. White privilege. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> joking. Wow. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, it's, I, it's a privileged life to lead and pull a cart. Right. Full of people. I don't know. 
Man, I, I don't know if I told you, but for Alice's birthday, uh, it was Donald Duck themed. Mm-hmm. Did we go over this on the show, on the pod? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, there's nothing really to go over. But we, uh, we, Taryn made these invitations that were sort of blown out to look like a, like a deconstructed Donald Duck. It was very cute. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we did with our wedding invitations, you can send invitations for your kid's first birthday to you know all sorts of fictional people, right? Right. Well, I was like, well, let's just send one to Donald Duck. I think that'd be pretty cute. Mm-hmm. See if we get anything back. That'd be fun. Right. So we sent the uh, invitation to Donald. I wrote like a, a note. I typed it up because, you know, no one can read my caveman chicken scratches. <laughs> Let's see. There's a, a stick figure with a, what looks like a spear. And then there's a sun. Maybe a ba- Is that a babe? Is, is that a little stick figure? Yeah, I think the two squiggly lines represents, <laughs> you know, sh- your heart shocker. I don't know. Um, but I had this eight by ten i don't know why we had it got it so big of that photo of alice and uh donald mm-hmm. like at her first time meeting uh, yeah, yeah. right and i had her like pretend to sign it and it was like kind of scribbles and stuff and i wrote to donald on it. i thought it was really cute yeah so i put it in there and i was like hey here's a photo she's really is like your number one fan she and, and this is all true and uh you know it'd be cool i understand if you can't make it but it'd be really cool if you, you come to the party nothing Really? Nothing. Not even a, hey, sorry, I can't, you know what I mean? Not even right. a stupid ass, no, I shouldn't say stupid ass, but a stupid ass thing. Nothing. <laughs> N- not even a pen or or a, a, an acknowledgement letter. That's surprising. Yeah. And, I'm, and I haven't said anything now yet because she doesn't know. And I, what am I going to get offended for her? She doesn't know. Right. But I'm kind of offended for myself because I put in the time and I thought it was really cool. Yeah. And those are kind of the experiences that can that a good customer service person or someone working at uh, the fan club department or whatever I send it to. That's that's a that's what you look for, man. Right. As as like being in those jobs, not like my kid's fifth birthday. You know, here's a hand signed photo. I gave you a photo. You right, can't right. do you can't do anything. Meanwhile, that picture is going to show up in their advertising. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. But I don't know, man. It just kind of bummed me out. I get that. I thought I'd share that with you. Okay. Yeah. I keep meaning to bring it up and I uh <clears throat> what else, man? Oh, let me try to find that feedback now that um now that we got time. And I'll cut out in sort of uh, you know, pauses. I'm gonna continue to shop on Magic Candle Company. <laughs> Are you doing that? Oh yeah, I'm buying because I have, like I said, I have two of those wax warmers that I never use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna buy me some Freaking churro pirate life. All right. All right. Sounds good. I think I need to go on there later. I need to get the car freshener ones. (laughs) My car smelled like Chick-fil-A today. I wanted to smell like churros. (laughs) What is Floridian? I wonder if that smells like. Maybe. um, (laughs) uh, See, and I, I haven't talked to them to be. How like, specific? To be clear about what you can say. There is a hotel. A big hotel. A big hotel. Yeah. Floridian. It's in Did the... it have a smell? Well, I, if I remember correctly, I, maybe it was like lilies or something, like flower. I don't remember. I don't remember at all. But you know, anyway. Did we read this post uh, last time? Who was here? Like, were you both here last time? I was not. I was here. About uh, from Becky, and that she th- she thought I was really grumpy. No. Okay. So this is the feedback we got. This is from Becky. She says, hi, ears up crew. I love you all, but this message is especially for Jason. Let me <laughs> pop my collar here for a second. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> all right. Don't worry about it, everybody. I get fan mail. Uh, I started listening four years ago <clears throat> before my last Disneyland vacation, and then I took a break for three years. I'll try not to do that again. Wow. Yeah, don't take breaks on us, Becky. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Come on. 
It's rude. Uh, in anticipation for our upcoming Disneyland trip in 40 days, I'm catching up on old pods. Uh, I shortened it to pod. That's uh, my so thing now. Thank I don't goodness know you did yeah. that and she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I finally made it through to 2018. Welcome. Welcome to last year. Uh, I enjoy all of your personalities, and I think that if we ever met in real life, we'd have lots to talk about. That is true. I pretty much won't shut up. Uh, however, Jason has been the one that it's been hard to figure out. <laughs> I feel like Taryn wrote this. Right? I don't really know him. Uh, I don't, don't get me wrong. I enjoy him very much, but he comes across as a little bit grumpy, uh, parentheses, in a sweet way. Okay. So I thought it was pretty tight. Okay. Um, Curmudgeon-y. Is a is a good word. I like grumpy in a sweet way, personally. It's way better than carmogeny. Eh. You know what I mean? Uh, however, once I listened to the favorite Disney movie episode from June 2017, I instantly felt connected to Jason. Jason shared his love of Robin Hood, which is my probably is favorite great, Disney movie. Jam, yeah. It's so good. And I was pleasantly surprised because I totally agree with him. Rob, I love it when people are surprised that they agree with me. It make it kind of honest. Like I swear to God, it honestly makes me feel good. Or it's like, yeah, see, it there you go. Happens to me all the time. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it doesn't happen to me very often. Yeah, because everyone goes, I thought you were just kind of weird, but I agree with you. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It happens to me all the time that no. I'm surprised I agree with you. Oh, I don't agree with you. It doesn't happen all the time. Anyway, uh, Robin Hood is my favorite childhood Disney movie. We taped it off of the wonderful world of Disney. Same with us. Nice. And I watched that thing over and over until the VCR wore that tape out. I think I might still have that that tape, actually, nice. too. Uh, just for nostalgia purposes, because I don't have a VCR. I can never program them. Uh, people never know what I'm talking about when I say I love Disney's Robin Hood, the one with the foxes. They just look at me strangely. I've also decided that you are really a cat person. That's true. I couldn't always tell if you were being facetious or not. Cat people are good people, in my opinion. Look forward to being caught up soon on all the fun that I've missed. Keep up the great work from Becky. Thanks, Thank Becky. you, Becky. It's very nice of you to write all that stuff in. I appreciate it very much. Okay, so we're going to get out of here, I think. We don't have really anything else to talk about. Right? We should right. have to do our closings. So for you live listeners, if you want to listen live again, we're going to be recording on the 30th. Yes. We're going to skip the 16th. So, Maddie, if you're uh, listening out there somewhere, sorry. <clears throat> I'll make that change soon. Um, do we even have a show? Yes, we do. It's going to be the History of the Tahitian Terrace. Yes. In Disneyland. So that'll be it'll be a cool show if you mm -hmm. like that whole kind of vibe. And we're also going to be doing a secret show. Yes, we will. Yeah. So if you want to get caught up on secret shows or if you don't know what a secret show is, go to patreon.com slash ears up. Please, please give us your money. <laughs> and uh, join Patreon. And you get a $5 level or more and you get access to the secret show. It's really a great way to learn more about us and yourself. Yeah. 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 Basically. <laughs> we do Disney news. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought about adding another show where I just, it's just me because I can do it. It's easier to just have it with me um, and just in here talking about Disney news. But I realize that's all we kind of do. Like you guys listen to me read the news and you go, oh, okay, that's interesting. And then we move on to the next story. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then the secret show, we do that. And it's like, I, I feel like it would be really boring, but I kind of, I kind of want to like create another show i'm talking with three people okay uh about their they are planning a whole show uh i wouldn't say it's disney world based it's a little bit of both it's gonna be good, That's That's, good. Uh, so it's still happening we're still gonna get another show from somebody okay um so look forward to more content here being a patreon supporter really does help so please if you guys are listening to the show for free 
we will we will come to your house <laughs> and we will end you. It's my bane. <laughs> Hello, Batman. <laughs> I am Bane. You don't. You don't sound, sound Bane. Like Bane. <laughs> Man, can I tell you guys a story real fast about Bane? Like, it's like sort of Bane related, but not really. Also, you sounded like Goldmember from uh, <laughs> Austin Powers. That's what you sounded like. Uh, I don't I know. I love go. I've never seen Goldmember. Oh, but you've seen the Love Guru. <laughs> the Love Guru. Seriously, rules, dude. I swear to God, the lo- you know what I I I want to. This is what I want to do. I want to find a a way to buy the Love Guru in bulk. And give it away as like a Patreon reward. Go to Costco. You have to buy like 20 of them at a time. I would do it. I swear to God that everybody should watch that movie. Yes. It is ears up, all capitals, for Magic Candle Company. Okay. Okay. Or you can go to the discount URL that I've talked about. But yeah, yeah. Okay. But But that's good to know. That's just the discount. Um, So I went to uh, this tiki bar in Oakland called Contiki with Mm -hmm. my friend. Oh, yeah, yeah, And then between that and the BART station, <coughs> first of all, that's like 12 stories here, and I'll try to not be really boring about it. Um, and as, as you, b- between Contiki and the BART station, there's uh, a hip-hop club. Okay. I don't know what it's called, but as we were passing it, everyone was dressed up for the club. Okay. You know, yeah. out in the thing. So I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. this is interesting. And as we're walking by, <coughs> something's still going on in the club, but not really sort of. It's like that kind of weird twilight of like, the, sh- the set's probably over, right. and so there's people outside, but there's stuff, people still inside waiting, I, whatever. It's right. just kind of that weird, awkward point that happens after a show. Mm-hmm. And as we're walking up, I'm like, first of all, I think we're going to move over <laughs> to the other side of the street right. because the street was so blocked off, and all I know about clubs, hip-hop clubs, is from what I hear about in rap songs. <laughs> And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be a part of it. But who's getting shot? Right. So I'm like, eh, it's fine. I'm just, I'm just being paranoid. It's fine. Whatever. So we, when we hit the corner, I see a guy walk by me, no shirt, no shirt on at all, right? But pants, you know, underwear, okay. bulletproof vest. What? And I'm like, I need to get out of here. But at that point, we we're already across the street, and so there was a mob of people. I feel like Tim Roth in Reservoir Dogs. They were looking at me, at me. It was clear. They were looking at me. Uh, and so it was, you know, my friend Brad, our, our bartender Brad yeah. from the f- fifth anniversary. Right. Brad. Yeah. Brad. We should, you know, not that, it's not a bad name. I'm not saying any of that, but it's just, there was a, a time when people are yes. probably very, you know, uh, ready to party, right? Yes. yes. And so we're approaching the club and there's a second kid, no shirt on, holding his shirt, in fact, in his hand, white bulletproof vest on what in the what was a fitty scent like <laughs> the, oh it was uh plies i don't know what that means p-l-i-e-z and then uh the baby not li- not little baby or baby but it's the baby it's just i've heard of them they're okay. like they're not very small p-l-i-e-s um like like pies but with an l like plies yeah or like plies um and then as we pass him there's a third kid bulletproof vest on and i'm like what? we need to get out of here because what do they know that i don't know and that's all i'm thinking about right i'm not i'm not honestly i'm not worried about getting assaulted or whatever but what do they know that i don't know right. i don't have a bulletproof vest on and i've never been around anybody who has a bulletproof vest that i know about except for like my cop nephew or right. whatever but i don't want to find out why they have it on i what mean was it like themed I, oh, you never found out. I, I don't know. <laughs> Beverly. Excuse me, sir. What theme is it today? <laughs> Let me know when it's steampunk Saturdays, and I'll. No, it's just. I feel like that's not in 
irrational question. It it's not irrational, but it's not a good question. One hundred percent, never ask that question. Yeah, that, like, and I'm telling you, like, if you see someone in a bulletproof vest, or you with or with me, and I start running, just run with me. Oh, one hundred percent. Stop. I'll tell you why we were running. Okay. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It was weird, man. It was, but Bru- but the and and the vibe outside was kind of chill. Like nobody was like nobody was arguing, or there weren't any loud voices or whatever. So. I'm assuming it was just for fashion, but I'm making this assessment as we rounded the corner, Um, and then sure, and then we were looking for just like a bar to get a final drink, and uh, we walked by this place. I'm like, oh, they they have a bar in here. It's it's a small, you know, club or whatever, and you can hear music playing. And right, so Brad, okay, so we walk in, and we're standing at the bar. I'm like. this is like a lot of weird lighting. And then um, I, I noticed that there's a back room and then uh, there's like a weird quarter wall. And on the top of the wall, they're they're broadcasting or they're showing a projection of a, a, a camera's view of what's happening in the other room. It's a stage and there's a presentation or whatever. And it was a drag queen contest. Oh, We okay. just kind of ended up in a gay bar together. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, huh. This is not the first time I've accidentally ended up in a gay bar. Um, you and me both, buddy. And you know what? And we got um, we got a, a cider and a shot of Fireball, and you put the Fireball on the cider, and and then you go to Bart. And it was just, I don't know, man. It was a strange night. That's but a weird night, dude. That's not a weird night, but that's Oakland. That's that area, I guess, yeah. where it's like Broadway and like 19. Oh, that is a weird It's a spot. weird area. It's kind of changing, sort of, yeah. but not really. And it's just, it, I mean, you know. And then, so we're standing there, and like, three drag queens come out and i was like i'm okay yeah i'm totally fine with it it was it was just it was weird right i want to be very clear it wasn't i didn't feel awkward because like i'm uncomfortable i just i'm not around that and i didn't expect it that's the other thing where it's like i don't (laughs) it's really weird man and i i'm I'm, this 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 one guy's talking to to uh um, another person and i go oh you know excuse me and like he goes hey man and like didn't look at me but he like held his hand up you know do like the the bro kind of like slap yeah Yeah. Yeah. and i was like hey what's up and like gave me a hug i'm like okay i feel really great right now man it was was cool it was one of those places okay all right are we done yeah no go ahead when we when did you go when when did you see the bulletproof vests i don't know last week okay why? Because two men in bulletproof vests were arrested for shooting each other in Oakland. <laughs> when? April second. Uh, oh, sorry, April third. It was not April third. It was like, uh, yeah, like I think last week, literally. I mean, I, I googled Kevlar vest party Oakland just Kevlar to see vest <laughs> party. Uh, see if anything came up, but I believe it's Kanye West. But God, if you guys saw my Google search history, <laughs> I have a feeling it's like Terrence. I Google everything like a that's a, like weird, a five-year-old. That's a weird thought. You Google I'm everything gonna... like a five-year-old, yeah. <laughs> Jiminy Christmas. Some things you don't need answers to. I no. need answers to everything. I want to know. Did the guy in the white bulletproof vest, did he have a shirt on or was he... No, no, and, and literally nobody had a shirt on. I, maybe he was like a stage dancer. Maybe that was like a costume. Yeah, thank you very much to Kirsten, (laughs) to Kirsten Komorowski, who is the executive director of the Walt Disney Family Museum in San Francisco. Go to WaltDisney.org to learn more about that fabulous place. We love it. Go in there on the 15th again. Uh, We'll definitely be heading there more and kind of bring you more content from the Walt Disney Family Museum. They're good people out there and 
uh, doing good stuff. Again, thanks to GetawayToday.com for sponsoring today's episode. Whether you're traveling to Disneyland, Disney World, or beyond, head over to GetawayToday.com slash earsup. And don't forget to ask for the 21st Amendment beers wherever you find good craft beer like DCA. All right, everybody, where we are taking off, we're going to be back on the 30th of this month with two shows, History of Tahitian Terrace and a secret show. Yep. So hit up patreon.com slash years up. Become a Patreon supporter. Love us. Don't uh, forget about us. I don't know. Don't you forget about me. Don't forget about me.